only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. All right, welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's headlines and news from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. I am Pastor Wade Lentz, and I pastor Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas, and I'm Pastor Harold Smith, the pastor at Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren. Wade, how you doing? I'm doing good this morning, Harold. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. I'm enjoying this cooler weather. Maybe, uh, maybe I can quit sweating sometime pretty soon. There you go. Man, I love that first real good cold front that sweeps uh, the summer out and uh, the summer heat out and then brings in that fall weather in, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Yeah, when all the pollen's gone, I won't act like I have the Rona all the time. You know, I'll actually get back to uh, <laughs> to breathing and talking like a normal human being. I won't be getting people cutting their eyes at me. <laughs> have you had your coffee this morning? I'm working on it while you talk. All right. We'll go ahead and get started on today's episode. We're going to be talking about a movement that is really sweeping our nation, a movement that is influencing both adults and, sadly, children alike. And I believe that this movement is despicable, it is degenerate, and it is very dangerous. The movement that I'm speaking of this morning is the anti-police movement. And today, this movement is growing exponentially due to recent police brutality, police shootings. The way many media groups portray the police is quite unfair and, quite frankly, wrong. Harold, do you believe that this narrative, that law enforcement, the law enforcement officers are just trigger happy, or do they, for the most part, have a reason to use deadly force? Absolutely, they have a reason. You know, if you look at the statistics, there are about 1,000 police shootings a year, give or take. That's nationwide in our country. And these the shootings, cops are not perfect. They're humans. All of us can make a wrong decision. I'm sure if you are 45 like me, you can probably look back and you and your wife bought a car that you said, boy, we, we really made a dumb decision there. We didn't need this or this wasn't what we thought it was. Well, Put yourself in the position of a police officer making a split-second decision on whether you live or they live. And being human beings, we're going to make bad decisions. So cops will occasionally shoot someone on accident, and, and that is tragic. But it's not epidemic. It's not like legion among us. And sadly enough, 99.9999% of these shootings could be averted. And, and I can speak somewhat intelligently about this because I was a security police officer in the military. I know I've had police training. I know how to handcuff and, and transport people. Um, I went through all of that in the military. And so I can probably say a little bit more about what a police officer does than just your armchair, you know, cop criticizer watching CNN in the evenings. 
Yeah, I, you know, and that's the thing is that we, we see so much on the news that uh, they paint a total different narrative than what reality is. You know, most of the time, the videos that we see of the police shooting a, uh, a criminal, they only show you the part of them shooting the criminal. They right. do show you what took place just prior to the police officer pulling the trigger. And that is for a reason they do that. And that really disturbs me. And one major case that uh, really just broke loose yesterday and, uh, and, and more riots and more eruption uh, from the community is the Brianna Taylor case in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, where yesterday the K Kentucky's attorney general, by the way, who is a black man, uh, had a press conference as the grand jury uh, found that the officers involved in, in the Breonna Taylor uh, shooting were not charged with murder. If you will, will recall, when you watched the news back in the spring and the summer, when they were re reporting this particular incident that took place in Louisville, uh, for instance, one news outlet from the city of Louisville says that in the early morning hours of March 13th, Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend were in bed asleep when they heard a loud banging at the door. Now, according to this report and to every news report that I have read, they called out asking who they who was there, but they heard no response from the police. And so this is the narrative that, that, that they're saying, their side of the story is that Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend were just yelling, who is it? Who's at the door? And the police were not saying a word, but that's not the truth. The truth came out yesterday, according again to the Attorney General of Kentucky, that this is, this is not what happened at all. The officers were advised by their, by their superiors to not and to announce their serving of the search warrant. And evidence shows, he says, that the officers both knocked and verbalized their presence. And this is also backed up by an independent witness who was at a close uh, apartment next door who heard them both knock and verbalize their presence. So in other words, the officers did not serve a no-knock warrant. And so when no one answered the door, that is then that they broke through the door. And when they entered the home, both Brianna and her boyfriend were standing in the hallway and her boyfriend was holding a gun and was aiming the gun at the officer. And that is when the shooting took place. Totally different from what the media has told us. And it was also very clearly proven and the boyfriend's name is Kenneth Walker. He admitted to firing the first shot. The mm -hmm. first officer that came through the door, he said, the first thing I saw were two people in the hallway facing me. One had a gun. I saw a flash. I heard a bang. I felt a burning in my thigh. He was shot in the leg instantly, just as soon as he came through the door. He and the officer behind him returned fire. This is all justified. Mm -hmm. When you're shot by someone you're serving a warrant for, you don't have an, a, you know, an, a small trial here in the living room and decide what we're going to do next. You have to return fire or they keep shooting and you die. And here's right. the thing about this, Wade. I remember hearing this story. This broke on... This happened on March the 13th. 
I remember hearing the story in just a news blurb on, on in a, I don't know, Newsy or one of them little news organizations had a little blurb. And here's what they said. A, a what's it called? A EMT. Uh, that's what Brianna Taylor was. She was a a first responder and she was shot by by police officers you know in the wrong place at the wrong time and they they i mean they just painted these guys out as just kicking open a door and shooting the first person they saw in the hallway mm-hmm. when the next door neighbor can hear what's going on you on the other side of the door can hear what's going on and um this was clearly uh, i mean if the news media hadn't twisted this and got everyone stirred up, this was, you know, a tragedy that she was there. When you pick a boyfriend that's suspected of being a drug dealer and he pulls a gun out while the cops break in the door, there's a good chance bad things are going to happen to you. That's right. This is not a police officer's fault. This is bad decisions made by someone. Absolutely. And let's let's talk about that. Why is the media, why are they so hell-bent to change the narrative? Why do they, it seems as if, hate the police? Well, it stirs up people to hate police, and I think that benefits. They, they need the division. What the media and what I would say uh, people who want to rearrange America, they want us to be at odds with one another. Let's go back to Michael Brown in August 9th, 2014, you, you remember the, the slogan, hands up, don't shoot. I mean, there were NFL players, you know, walking up to, to be interviewed after the game, and they would put their hands up and say, hands up, don't shoot. And that was a symbol that they were on the side of, of Michael Brown. Well, two independent law enforcement investigations concluded that Michael Brown did not have his hands in the air. In matter of fact, he was actually punching the police officer that shot him. Yes. And, and they, they played Michael Brown as a teenage, you know, African-American youth in, in a, you know, in, in a outer city of St. Louis there in Ferguson. And they played all this up. And I'm going to tell you who was behind it. The Obama administration was behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Barack Obama addressed this over and over and over. And this is what kind of set us on the trajectory that we're on now was the Michael Brown case. And so they portrayed him as this, this teenage boy that was just in the street with his hands up and some police officer just walks up and pulls a gun and shoots him. That was all done to reignite the racial tensions in our country that had really died down. If you will look back historically after 9-11, America came together like it hadn't been together in a long time. And that togetherness stayed until 2014. This was the case that kind of set that all in motion. And it was just media spin. And I think it was media spin for the sole purpose of dividing us. Now, if you divide us, then we can have two-party platforms and one can be for this guy and one can be for the other. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is still true today. I think Trump and the Republican Party is the party of law and order. And I think the Democratic Party is not the party of law and order. They are okay with the riots. They are okay with the chaos. They are okay with racial division. They're okay with Antifa. They're okay with BLM. They're okay with any group that has anarchy and chaos. And so I really think it's politically motivated. And if... If you have any kind of impartial understanding, you're going to realize that the media is not impartial. They are pushing the Democrat agenda, and I think this fits the Democrat agenda is what I think. That's my personal opinion. Yes. What do you think, Wade? No, I, I agree. And, and really, the truth is, look at how many police unions are getting behind President Trump, and that is many 
many. Um, and so that tells you what the police officers, law enforcement, thinks about President Trump. And um, that's, that's a good thing. We need police officers. We do not need to defund the police. You see what's happening in, in Minneapolis right now. You know, back uh, a couple of months ago, they defunded the police department and, uh, you know, thinking that uh, if they do this, then, then they're going to live in this utopian society. Uh, but that's not what is happening. Uh, crime has risen dramatically and they do not have enough law enforcers to uh, come in and to take care of, of, of crime that's taking place. And so uh, what this does, sadly, when the media portrays these narratives the way they want them to be portrayed, is that it gives off the sentiment that police are bad, law enforcement officers are bad, and the guilty are always right, and the criminal is the victim. That is detrimental to any society. That's dangerous in any society when it seems as if the criminal is the one who is the victim and the person who is standing for the law is the one who is considered the pig uh, of society, they say. And the media has blood on their hands in this because they they are taking cases that are cut and dried. You know, with Michael Brown in 2014, there were no convictions in that case. Two independent law enforcement investigations both found the officer to do, you know, what was necessary. And he's not a he's not a small teenage kid. Michael Brown was a big dude. He could have he been could, an a lineman for the NFL. He was yeah, a big, he, strong he guy. He was a big guy. And so the media intentionally spun that and there were no convictions. And Breonna Taylor, the two officers that were immediately responding, no convictions. The only, the only person that's going to go to trial on that was the third officer who didn't have a good line of fire, and his bullets actually went into the neighboring apartment because they went beyond the target. He didn't have a safe uh, field of fire behind the uh, perpetrator. So when we look at all of these, whether it's Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in 2016, or it's Philandro Castile in uh, Minneapolis in 2016. In every one of these cases, the officers are justified. And in every one of these cases, the only thing that was needed was for someone to obey basic commands. Put your hands up, turn around, put your hands on the car, I'm gonna pat you down. But the reason these people responded the way they did was because they were, they had criminal intentions. Wait, have you ever been pulled over by the police? I have. I, I have. And there's one incident when I was about 19, 20 years old, just before I was married. I was uh, driving home from Conway, and it was probably 11 o'clock at night, midnight, and uh, the blue lights kicked on. And I'm like, oh, great, here we go. Well, I pull off on, the, on a side road, and the officer uh, says, uh, step out of your vehicle, please. And I'm like, Okay. And uh, he pulled me over for what he thought. I was drunk. I was swerving. So that's what he says. And uh, so he wants me to do a sobriety check and uh, all that. Fortunately, I got pulled over. This was a county uh, sheriff that pulled me over. But fortunately, I was in the city limits of Bologna. And a police officer friend also pulled over and to see what was going on. And uh, he said, 
wait out what's what's going on you know and the officer said well i, I pulled him over on suspected maybe drunk driving and they said no no uh you got the wrong guy here and uh but to make a long story short when that officer told me to get out i didn't argue i did not even think it didn't cross my mind to, to think no i'm going to resist and i'm going to uh, assert my authority over you never even crossed my mind but that is what is taking place over and over and over again. People are not submitting to authority. Yeah, and I've experienced the same kind of thing. I've been pulled over, not for suspected um, drinking and driving, but I've, I live in the country and I don't have a good cell signal at my house. So if I'm talking to someone on the way home, I will pull over in a parking lot somewhere before I get to where myself, you know, I get to the edge of the earth, basically. And so when I pull over there, two different occasions, two different police officers have pulled in behind me, turned their blue lights on and walked up to my car. And by the time they get to my car, I have my dash light on or, or my cab light on where my, I'm lit up. I have my driver's license out and my concealed carry card out because I'm a concealed carry card holder and I keep a gun on me at all times. And so I have those two things out in my hand. The police officer walks up and I don't ask him why he pulled me over. I'm not doing the investigation. He is. And I understand this because I've been in his position. And so I want him to see that my hands are on the wheel where he can see them. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to stuff a joint down in the seat or a crack pipe under the dash. You know, I, I am I've not done anything wrong. I have nothing to fear. And so he walks up. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I was talking on the phone because I don't have a signal, you know, and I just pulled over here to finish the call. And he's like, okay, well, let me look at your driver's license. He just wants to verify that, you know, I don't have any warrants for my arrest or I'm not, you know, suspected of something. So he looks at my driver's license. He looks at my concealed carry card. He never says, where's your gun? Keep your hand, you know. He sees by my immediate compliance, he's at ease. And, and he hands me my stuff back. Thank you. Go on your merry way. But I never felt that my life was threatened. Wait, I, I, never, I never wanted to go, hey, hon, they don't have the right to do this. Let's just roll our windows up and, and, and not talk to them. We're law and order people. These people are out here for the betterment of society. This anti-cop culture is coming from the media, which is taking a story and completely perverting it. Mm -hmm. And then it's coming from people who are criminals who have told their children the cops are bad because they want to put your daddy in jail. And when little kids don't understand why daddy's going to jail, they don't realize, like in the case of Jacob Blake, you know, the, the media said he had three of his children in the back seat when he was shot. Well, he was he had a warrant out for third degree sexual assault. And he had showed up at the lady's house whom he had assaulted. Who takes their three kids to a woman's house whom you've sexually assaulted with a knife on you and start threatening her? Mm -hmm. What kind of a dad does that? Right. But the media doesn't tell you that he's there and he sexually assaulted this woman and he's come back and he's waving a knife at her and she's calling 911 because she's terrified. But everybody knows about the Kennesaw, Wisconsin riots and everybody knows this happened August 23rd, 2020. But what they don't know is what the media didn't tell anybody. This guy fought with cops for an extended period of time. Two times the cops tried to tase Jacob Blake. 
one point in time, he had one cop in a headlock and had a knife out. When you're fighting with a man with a knife and you've tried to tase him twice, both tasers have failed. He breaks loose. He runs to his car, not to get in and leave, but to retrieve something from his car. He's admitted to you, I have a knife. He's pulled it out and tried to use it on you, and he's reaching in your car, and they say, well, he shot him in the back. This is a justified, you can't fight with the cops, try to stab them, get them in the headlock, punch him, kick them, and then run to your car and think everything's okay. This is not how real life works. Criminals don't call time out, and the cops and everybody take a break. You remember the cartoon, where the sheepdog and the coyote would go clock in every morning and go to work and Wiley Coyote would try to get the sheep and the sheepdog would keep him away. And then at night they would both punch the clock and get their lunchbox and go home. That's not how it works in the real world. When criminals break away from you after trying to stab you and trying to choke you and they go to their car to retrieve something, let me tell you something. They're not going to get you a box of mints They're not going to get you a bouquet of flowers. Every police officer and every honest person in this country would have to say, this guy's going to retrieve a bigger weapon because he couldn't kill us with his knife. What would have happened when the police showed up if Jacob Blake just put his hands in the air and then put his hands behind his back and got in the car and was properly charged and arraigned and booked on uh, violating a uh, restraining order and trying to, to return and terrorize a lady? He would have went to jail. The kids would have went back to their parents, and this poor lady who was being tormented would feel safe. Mm -hmm. Now, we've rioted, and that riot is not Jacob Blake's fault. That's the media's fault, Wade. It is the media that has done this. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that the Kentucky uh, Attorney General said yesterday, just prior to his announcing that the grand jury had found that these officers were not guilty of murder. He said this, and it's so true. He said, truth matters. Truth matters. And if justice is going to be served correctly, if really what you want is, is justice, then truth is going to have to play a key role in that. And uh, these rioters, they had already in their mind made up what they were going to do regardless of what the grand jury said. Uh, They were not waiting for the truth. They were waiting for the opportunity to riot and to try to tear down the uh, judicial system that they believe is is broken. And uh, he also said that celebrities, uh, basketball players, actors and actresses, they don't care about the truth. But we do know that truth does matter and uh, we must always stand on the side of truth. And uh, so what we take away from this as pastors and church members is that, yes, there is a, a great cry today for people to resist authority, to resist law enforcement. And the truth is that you cannot do it and get away with it. When you resist authority, when you resist law enforcement, you are in essence trying to resist God himself. And that is a key thing that we must be teaching young people today, that all authority comes from God himself. Romans 13 verse 2 says, whosoever resisteth the power, they're talking about government here, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. 
for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have the praise of the same. When we look at each of the cases that I mentioned today, whether it was Michael Brown, Alton Sterling, I don't think we really talked about Philandro Castile, but Brianna Taylor, Jacob Blake. In all of these cases, a simple compliance to legal, lawful commands. An officer has the right to detain you, even put you in handcuffs temporarily so that he feels safe to conduct his investigation. These are all within the confounds of the law. They've all been held up in, in court constitutionally. An officer has the right to temporarily do that. If you just simply comply with those, nobody gets shot. Right. Nobody gets shot. I want to say something. People don't understand how quickly you can be killed or injured when someone has a deadly weapon or potentially has a deadly weapon near you. Mm -hmm. We've watched so many movies We've seen Vin Diesel and we've seen um, Jason Bourne and we've seen all these, you know, James Bond films where somebody has a gun on them and they quick draw and shoot it out of their hand or shoot them in the knee or that's not real life, folks. That's the movies. And so you have to understand from a police officer's perspective, he cannot wait until a criminal that he has been fighting with for his very life pulls a gun out, gets it pointed at him, and turns it off safety and starts to pull the trigger before he responds. The, the police officer is on the side of law and order, and he has to respond first. And yes. so we as Christians need to recognize he has that right. And since he has that right, we need to understand that he has been trained. He doesn't need more training. We're the ones that really need more training. Yes. And, I, you know, I, I think as Christians, we need to realize that if we've been wronged by a police officer, it's not our job on the side of the road to correct him. It's our job to go before a civil magistrate and plead our case in a legal way in a court of law. Absolutely. And so uh, if, those, if that process had been carried out, every one of the names we've mentioned today would be alive. Yes. And, you know, as we think about the objective of our podcast, this Patriot Pastors podcast, is, is to take these headlines, these news stories, and, you know, take them from a pastor's perspective. And so that leads me to say this to those pastors and church members who are listening to please pray for the police. They need our prayers and support them. If you see, if you see a police officer in a uh, restaurant, pay for the meal or let them know that, hey, you are supporting them. Your church should be in some way supportive of the police department. That sh uh, the police department should know that your particular church is their greatest ally. Well, it's been a great episode. We pray that the Lord's blessings is upon it. And uh, we thank you for listening to us today on, to, on today's episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. We hope you'll join us again very soon. May the Lord bless you.